Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Know the Rules of the Game podcast for defining the future. I'm your host, Desiree Patnell, CEO and President of Women in Housing and Real Estate Ecosystem, NAWRB, and Desiree Patnell Enterprises, Inc., DPE Real Estate Brokerage. I'm the advisor and investor for Amicus Brain Innovations and the Chief Strategic Officer for Zulu Time and publisher of NAWRB Magazine and World Report. I'm very honored to have, as a special guest joining us today, Dr. Ticha Durai. Uh, she is the CEO and president of Amicus Rain Innovations, Inc., an AI scientist and former IBM fellow. Dr. Chitta Durai is a globally renowned AI scientist and the founder and CEO of Amicus Brain Innovations. Prior to this role, Dr. Durai had a highly decorated career at IBM where she was an IBM fellow and was the global chief uh, CTO for Cognitive Services. She is frequently interviewed or cited in press, news and blogs, and YouTube video on a wide variety of topics. She has published over 100, 100 technical papers at international conferences and journals, received multiple best paper awards, and edited a book. She is the co-investor, sorry, co-inventor of 48 patents and has received multiple high-value patent awards along with recognition as a master inventor three times. She was a recipient of IBM's highest honors, including the Dirksner Award for Client Excellence, and was appointed an IBM Fellow, the company's preeminent technical honor. In 2019, she received certificates of congressional recognition from the United States House of Representatives for her professional and community service. Welcome, Chitra. It's so honored to have you today. Thank you, Desiree, for inviting me to your podcast. I'm very pleased to be here. 30 years of AI and ML research and development experience, some 21 years at IBM, and now five, 15 months into founding Amicus Brain. It's been a fantastic ride. Uh, I've, been, uh, I've had the greatest fortune of doing a very meaningful industry transformative work, work across many industries uh, in banking and mortgage in the last decade. During uh -huh. the last crisis we had in 2008, the housing crisis. Uh, I've also worked on the beginnings of digital television uh, in, for media and communications industry, and uh, also some e-learning work now, which has become the new normal online learning uh, in early 2000s. So during my very uh, during very uh, during various technical leadership roles that I held at IBM. Uh, so we are bringing the same kind of uh, focus and passion in transforming caring for uh, the aged population, especially ones with neurological disorders with mm -hmm. amicus brain. Very cool, very cool. So tell us a little fun fact about yourself. You are this bubbly, incredible, energized woman. So tell us something funny. I knew you would ask me this <laughs> Every time I have appeared on stage with you. <laughs> right, that's right. We gotta get this live, girl. <laughs> So the fun fact for today, as I thought about uh, uh, your, you know, uh, as I anticipated your question. So uh, my name is Chitra, as you uh, rightly introduced me. And if you parse my name, Chi in my Chitra is a Chinese word that means life force or energy. So developing Chi is a way of healing uh, both mentally and physically and it's a path to re reaching one's full potential. So I guess uh, uh, that's why whatever I do, uh, I bring you know, my life force and my energy into everything I do, 
to make a change in the world. That's a that's cool. You, yeah, that that's you know I love it. I love it. You know, everyone has. I think there's so much to a name of uh, of of people um, that it really resonates. That if you break it down, that purposeful naming, purposeful you know, thought behind and things come to them. So I love it. That's so cool. That's so cool. So let's talk about a little bit um, about Amicus Brain. Talk to us a little bit about what Amicus Brain Innovations is and and the what you're hoping to do with it and what you're working on right now. There's a, the number of people in the U.S. living with cognitive impairment, including Alzheimer's disease and related dementia, is uh, over 5.8 million today and is projected to increase to nearly 14 million by 2050. Uh, the rapidly growing population of informal caregivers, which is more than 16 million today, mm -hmm. for patients with cognitive impairment is subject to high stress due to patient behavioral symptoms, increased demands on caregiver time, and lack of adequate caregiving knowledge to adjust changing patient conditions. I personally have experiences. As my parents have aged, um, and they are going through uh, some of these uh, conditions. Uh, I remotely care for them, and uh, I, I see uh, the generation of sandwich uh, caregivers, uh, the generation that not only is bringing up their young ones, they're also taking care of their uh, uh, family um, uh, at the same time. Uh, the demands on their time uh, is very high. So uh, that's why I wanted to come out of, I came out of IBM to, uh, to uh, address the uh, need for, uh, or address the space by bringing uh, AI technology uh, to reduce the burden on the caregivers. So Amica's Brain Innovation was founded in, uh, towards the end of December uh, 2018. It's a New York-based health tech startup and it's uh, developing AI technology to transform caring for patients with neurogenerative disorders. Um, so uh, Amicus Brain has developed AI-led personalized assistive and decision support services, um, and it focuses on caregivers and their complex time-consuming tasks. And uh, our AI platform and uh, services that we have built uh, will support caregivers and their patients before, at the time of diagnosis, as well as uh, while living with the disease. So our purpose is to bring a scalable, cost-effective solution to the market that raises the standard of current caring practices in neurodegenerative diseases, mm -hmm. and uh, which will hopefully lead to a better health outcome. Good. I. I... I'm so honored to be part of this and to have met you three years ago, um, you know, at, Ami at um, AmeriCatalyst with Tony Moss um, regarding, you know, just bringing the story of the work that we were doing here um, on the data analytics and, and you saying, yes, I'd love to read this and, and the work that you're doing and, and to take at the pinnacle of your career um, to start this up as a bigger global um, you know, issue um, is so heartfelt to not only to myself and several people that I know, 
Um, and it's just drawn into, I mean, here we are in the pandemic and, and you know, the number one thing was the aging population, how it's affecting and how it's going to go into it. And now the, the health um, aspect of that, not only from the underlying conditions, but, you know, the, uh, the cognitive issues, you know, all the things that are going on in isolation. So the work that you're doing is just unbelievable. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so let's go ahead and set the stage. Um, and this really plays into uh, redefining or defining the future as uh, about what we're gonna talk about the leadership and how that plays into it. Because as we move through the pathway of becoming leaders and how that plays into, um, especially you know, dealing with uh, as we um, age and how we have to deal with taking on all those responsibilities in addition to the career path of, of uh, leadership. Um, let's set the stage. During the global health pandemic, effective leadership is more important than ever as companies face drastic changes to operations and employees face more responsibilities at home. Technology has become an important tool in everyday life, more, the, more so than ever before. In healthcare, technology is helping to monitor cases, share information, care for patients, and ensure public safety. Outside of healthcare, the corporate world and school systems have also used technology as a means to carry on their business operations, such as using Zoom and other video conferencing websites to host virtual meetings and classroom sessions. Here we are. NRA's Diversity and Inclusion Leadership Council, NDIC, created the 10 Women Leadership Principles to help women in the real estate and housing ecosystem become more effective leaders and empower other women to reach their full potential. Today, Chitra and I will discuss the leadership principles she contributed to the 10 women leadership principles, including what inspired them and how women industry leaders should apply them in their new environment to define the future. So thank you, thank you. Three rules for defining the future. Number one, prepare for the future. Women with advanced skills today will be ready for tomorrow's challenges. Number two, lead by example. Inclusion isn't enough. Press for parity and strive for excellence in everything. And number three, pass the torch. Give opportunities to future generations of women. Your legacy will be the people you help along the journey. So Chitra, let's ask a couple questions here to really dive deep into this. Take a deep dive. Can you explain for us how you arrived at each of these principles and why they are each integral step for redefining the future? Desiree, I remember the time very vividly that all of us as part of NDILC, NDILC crafted the, um, these 10 women leadership principles. And at that time, I remember uh, uh, speaking about uh, the leadership for this decade. What we little did we know at that time that, uh, you know, what was awaiting us in this beginning of 2020. So we entered the decade of 2020 with a health crisis of immense proportion. The COVID-19 global pandemic has affected the lives of every American, upended billions of lives uh, of people uh, on this planet. And this disruption has come from an exogenous source that that's, uh, that looks like we, over which we have no control. So uh, we may be in the middle of raging debates about uh, how to best handle this disease or um, ameliorate, mitigate its ramifications across the society. 
no one will dispute this fact that we have entered into a new normal. And this new normal, what is it going to be? And what does it entail? What shifts does the new normal bring into our lives as citizens, as employers, as businesses, as consumers? And the changes and their impact on how we live, how we work, and how we use technology are going to set the stage for the new normal to become the old normal soon enough in this decade. So as I thought about what is awaiting us and how our lives are, um, have changed, uh, of all the 10 principles that we had come up with, three stood out for me. That, uh, that we need to be accelerating our efforts and focus on preparing for the future. So that's why you uh, chose that one as the first one. So who is going to be ready for tomorrow's challenges? And the tomorrow is not too far away into the future. It's the imminent tomorrow. It's the imminent future. Mm, yes. And, and as we also saw this crisis unfold, uh, we see inaction and paralysis and uh, uh, disagreement and that for me brought to the center of how leadership should be all about lead by example that decisiveness that we need to act with decisiveness that we need to act with resolve um, especially when things are uncertain when the information is incomplete so therefore uh, lead by example, she out very immediately mm. as one of the 10 principles that speaks um, to the times. And of course, as we, the business leaders, uh, comprehend the depth of uh, uh, this adversity we are facing and uh, uh, putting in, uh, coming up with a plan to come up with remedies, we also need to be passing on teaching uh, the next generation of talent leaders so that they are prepared should there be another one in the future. So pass the torch again uh, is, is the necessary, uh, is, is an, again another critical leadership principle uh, that will help us prepare for the future. Love it. So Question. So we've heard where, um, you know, COVID-ID, our, our quality of life um, magazine just came out um, a couple weeks ago and, and the last month. And um, in there, there was a, an incredible article that um, we highlighted about the seven countries um, run by women that are doing an incredible job on uh, addressing COVID-19, um, one of them being the Netherlands. And these are all, um, you know, women presidents. And they, she has now officially declared that she's eradicated COVID-19 in the country. And we're analyzing, you know, a lot of the different countries are seeing what's happening in other countries and, and comparing to what's happening in the own, our own country here in the United States and seeing what's working. So the fact that you're, we're looking at that, this really plays into the next question on the fact that why is it working in this country versus another country? Are they, you know, not to go through the dynamics of the pandemic right now, but 
these are what I believe are so important that here we have seven women that they're making, they're actually bringing the shining the light on, right? Um, and how that plays into the forefront. So here we are with question, uh, looking at the second question I'd love to ask you is what sort of advanced skills will women professionals need to have to be successful in this new environment post COVID-19? It's uh, leadership with resolve and empathy and based on science and data. Uh, I, that has been a recipe for, uh, uh, for having much better outcomes uh, in terms of handling this crisis. Um, so uh, that takes us directly to the, the kind of skills uh, that, that women leaders have begun to embrace, begin to pick up, and uh, that will lead them to success. So think about it. STEM skills are critical. Uh, in the new normal that we are living in, we talked about technology has seeped into every aspect of our lives. So uh, for young, young women in schools and mm -hmm. colleges, picking up programming, getting completely, utterly comfortable with the, uh, technology, and not only using technology, but also designing and uh, controlling it uh, is also equally important. And for women leaders, uh, while they may not, you know, they, they will have their teams uh, who are designing these products, the women leaders uh, need to embrace the new tech, the high tech. Uh, being curious about technology, staying on top of these new developments is very key. Uh, even if a leader does not program or write code or uh, you know create a new software product, one needs to know enough about the advances that are being made in AI and machine learning and quantum computing and Internet of Things, uh, all these emerging technologies, in order to ask intelligent questions and also think about how their products and services can be enhanced uh, with these capabilities. So I look at that curiosity uh, about uh, emerging technologies and staying abreast of uh, what is happening and uh, uh, translating that into tr in terms of how uh, the new technology can be harnessed to in increase their customer loyalty. That is going to be critical. In addition, I would say change management as a skill, embracing change and uh, um, not only embracing change, but also uh, driving change through the organization, through the kinds of shifts we are seeing. Excellent, excellent. Well, I think there's a couple things you talked about, change management um, and the empathy at the very beginning. Now let's um, go back to that. I believe that, you know, it, where there's a lot of discussion now in the past year about emotional um, intelligence and dealing with the capacity of, of, of caring and, 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 and dealing with the, you know, how you feel, you know, that if we go back to the statement to where um, it's not what you say or do, it's how you make someone um, feel at the end of the day. Um, and that empathy of showing how you immediately open your heart, you open your, your mind and, and they're all in. They listen to everything you want to say versus in shutting you down if there's something real quick. You know, our attention span is so um, short. 
Um, and by having that, that warmth, uh, you want to be part of that, that, that virtual hug, we're going to call it right now. Um, and then on top of that, you talked about the change management, which to me is, you know, embracing change and running to the, the, the opportunity versus in, than, than resisting. Um, you know, uh, we can sit here and, 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 and deal with that because there's going to be a lot of cognitive issues that fall out um, because of the, the pandemic and what we're going through. Um, and making sure that we look at it as an opportunity. And you talked about the other thing is, is the environment of um, uh, embracing high tech, you know, and, and getting involved in that. Um, one of the things that I like to uh, amplify that is, is that you might not have to know everything about it. That's why you have experts around you like you. Uh, versus that you understand it, at least to the basic uh, elements that you can incorporate it and have it so you can show, like you say, the loyalty of clients. So excellent. Uh, just love that. So moving on to uh, number three, can you explain for our listeners what the fourth industrial revolution is? How will this current global health pandemic affect this new era of technical, uh, technology, technological development? Sure. Uh, think about uh, fourth as a continuum of uh, the three industrial revolutions uh, that have gone on before. The, the first one was all about water and steam power, uh, which was all about mechanizing production. The second used electricity, uh, which helped uh, reach scale, which helped us reach mass production. Mm -hmm. And the third was all about electronics and information technology. And what it did do, it was all about digitizing. Think about the content that is accessible to everyone on the globe today with a phone. And uh, you can reach any piece of information on any server in the world. And the fourth one, people consider it's a continuum of the third. And it is really about a fusion of technologies that have come about. It's the, think of technologies that are blurring the line between the physical, digital, and biological aspects. Let's take an example. Think about, you know, uh, how a disembodied voice like Alexa is controlling a physical thing in your house, such as lights. So now it's a fusion of AI there which understands natural language and voice speech and is able to control uh, a, a physical element. Uh, another one, think about using our uh, face recognition, our physical self, our face, to open the phones. So you're seeing already the infusion of uh, uh, what we call cyber physical capabilities um, uh, being adapted everywhere. So. Uh, so that's really what the uh, industrial revolution, fourth industrial revolution is about. And some people call it industry 4.0. And uh, Professor Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, he talks about it and in the context of the velocity and the scope and the system impact of this industry 4.0. Just like the three industrial revolutions that change the society, uh, in profound ways, uh, this is also expected to, as uh, we see the ramification of the adoption of these technologies um, across our lives. It's, it's unbelievable how um, 
like the integration of is is evolving right in front of our eyes of where we were you know 10 20 years ago um you know you talked about um uh quantum computing um i think it's a beautiful piece of hardware to have in my home just the color of <laughs> and, and what it looks like and i had the honor of um going with you to the ibm think tank in 2018 um and seeing that beautiful it wasn't hooked up obviously because it has to stay at i think it was what 460 degrees uh celsius uh, of uh fahrenheit or celsius whatever under you know negative to keep it cold um i'm not sure everyone understand or knows what about quantum um computing is and i it, that's part of the fourth industrial revolution correct yes yeah, so it's it's definitely very, very different. So thank you for that. So let's go on to the next question. How has the pandemic changed the goals or operations of Amicus Brain Innovation Inc? We've heard so much of, you know, retooling from, you know, making ventilators to face masks to offset printers to all these incredible things that are coming out there. So what have you changed uh, within Amicus Brain? Certainly the pandemic has become a uh... Um, an amazing catalyst for the increased use and development of robots, uh, mm. uh, um, and which ties into AI. So think about uh, um, robots taking automatically taking temperature in public places. Uh, think about drones delivering medicine. Uh, think about autonomous or remote-controlled robots uh, disinfecting surfaces. These are real. These are here today, and. Uh, on the uh, social side, uh, Atomicus Brain, we had talked about, and uh, we, in fact, uh, Desiree, you may remember our demonstration at the 2019 International Conference of Alzheimer's Association. Uh, we demonstrated our early prototype of, uh, uh, of an AI service uh, to reduce the loneliness uh, for elder, mm, yes. elderly population who are unable to get on to uh, get on get online to re reduce their isolation so pandemic definitely you know uh, has um, uh, reinforced our commitment and accelerated our development efforts at amicus brain to bring our capabilities to market um, so uh, uh, so we will continue go ahead sorry so we will continue to uh, move on to bringing uh, virtual reality, um, uh, which is uh, going to be an important element in terms of uh, how our uh, physical presence or physical gatherings are going to be uh, irrevocably changed in the new normal. Um, so uh, we definitely, Amicus Brain continues to uh, build on that idea in terms of um, what it means to change the nature of caregiving uh, for um, uh, people with uh, uh, cognitive disorders. Yeah, there's this. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say the delay between the, the uh, bicostal. Um, the, one of the things I think I'd really like to highlight, and that was an incredible time um, over in, in Los Angeles of meeting tens, you know, what was it, I think 70,000 um, from around the world um, at the conference. But one of the things that I think is so valuable of Amicus Brain pivoting, and, and, and this is a great um, integration, 
is you've heard we've heard countless tens of thousands of of um, incredible um, individuals that you know or um, uh, going through the uh, COVID and they had no way they were not allowed in the hospital their loved ones couldn't be by their bedside um, and talk to them with that hand holding and 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 you know with the, the how to communicate through the phone through one of the care providers so uh, when you talk about the isolation of the aging population um, you know to go into care facilities um, it was already part of the thread um, in my opinion that you know addressing the isolation issue whether uh, as the aging population goes in addition to um, how it's you know affecting um, you know if you um, uh, the health of everyone around you and continuing through the migration of families um, to be able to be there to have that and uh, you know that warmth so to create a platform to help um, the best that's there um, is so so powerful so thank you thank you for that because it really plays into um, I believe the uh, highlighting what's going on um, in the in the uh, the pandemic has brought it to the forefront for the aging population I think it's is a is a catch there if I may add I, I, this whole notion of social robots actually goes beyond what right we originally envisioned uh, um, 18 months ago uh, in the context of uh, uh, helping the uh, aging population to stave off loneliness. It is actually, I think it is going to become a uh, part of the uh, new normal where, you know, if one wants to, uh, without being able to gather in person, and mm. uh, if one wants to assemble virtually, um, your avatar is going to be there <laughs> and uh, providing the kind of uh, stimulation and interaction. And think about that. Uh, I think it's a, a dual benefits we will get. We will get, uh, from a pandemic perspective, we'll reduce infection risk. And at the same time, we'll also reduce carbon footprint because we don't have to travel uh, you know, yes. far away in order to have uh, that person-to-person um, uh, -person, uh, interaction. So, so it's going to be a fascinating uh, next few years in terms of advances that we will be making and how that get the advances in virtual um, reality and virtual immersion how they are going to make their way into our daily lives you brought up you brought up two incredible pieces of this um, that you know we talk about the carbon footprint just already the effects with the two months or three months depending on where you are in the world um how it's helped the environment so much you know whether it be the oceans the air um uh it's unbelievable what that changes and the other thing is, is that you know you know that i travel um every week i'm on an airplane going somewhere um attending events speaking somewhere um collaborating and now I would not have thought of gotten on, gotten on a Zoom call or some kind of telecommunication call to where I visually got to speak, speak, uh, speak to someone on a regular basis. You know, it's always okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on a subway. I'm here. I'm here. I'm on the phone. And now, being able to see someone and talk to them, even though it's not a person, that environment to actually get on the and and, and communicate with them as if I'm there. Um, has been so enlightening and one of the great things that I have uh, um, realized that instead of just getting on a phone call and talking to someone, I want to physically see you. I want to be involved um, because then I get to see the environment. I get to see them. I get to still get some of that energy 
that I would not get through a phone. You know, you only have the sensory to go. So, so thank you on that. Um, and then also the environment that um, when you talk about the transition of the the uh, having a robot, you know, taking an order or, you know, doing the temperature and things like that um, and less, less diseases being transmitted because of that environment. Uh, just the, my mind, the visual um, capacity of going with that's crazy, crazy wild. So thank you for that enlightenment. Um, so if we move on to uh, uh, number five, do you have a mentor that made a significant impact on your career and helped you obtain opportunities? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think every successful leader um, uh, will attest to the, the uh, amazing uh, learning and enrichment that comes with uh, being mentored and mentoring. So oh, definitely I've been lucky to have had mentors throughout um, uh, my life, inside and outside of work. <laughs> so uh, work mentors, life mentors, advocates, sponsors, um, uh, the names may be different, but they all had um, something special uh, in terms of, uh, you know, what I took away from them um, uh, in terms of uh, being kind and generously sharing their uh, experience and their uh, expertise. So, there are far too many to list anyone in particular. Uh, I, I cherish them all. <laughs> and uh, every one of them has had uh, impact, small to big, and uh, helped me navigate life at work and life and work. I love that. Well, you know, you, you've been mentoring for so many years, whether it be through um, your former job, uh, jobs, and, and I know you have been mentoring for students and you take them all the way up to, you know, competitions and you've been giving so much of your valuable time uh, for so many years. Um, and uh, your, your passion, your heart to help bring the next gen up um, from, you know, from now they're younger. Are they correct? The, the four that you were mentoring late, uh, recently? Yeah, they are high schoolers <laughs> learning AI and machine learning. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it, it just, I mean, to have that, unbelievable. I mean, if you think about 48 co-patents, uh, inventor patents, and, and all the things that you've done, and, and uh, I'd like to highlight, you know, the um, uh, first uh, of Indian descent to be an IBM fellow. Um, and to be recognized out of 600,000 employees of one of the highest uh, recognitions um, within, uh, not only in, in the community. Um, that's just, un that's, yeah, like, right? Um, I just think that's fantastic. So when we talk about mentoring and, and leadership as we go through the uh, pipelines, you know, as, and, and it really relates back to, um, you know, pass the torch uh, principle that, uh, you know, we curated as part of the uh, 10 principles by mentoring, giving the examples and, and continuing that um, uh, thought process that you mentioned, it's just not about the professional world, it's about the personal world. And I think more than ever, uh, the pandemic has highlighted that, right? Is, is that you could be this incredible professional, but then stuff happens. And that could be whether health issues, that could be um, outside of the pandemic, but that could be, you know, caring for someone who, you know, you, you, people don't realize that, you know, you have these incredible leaders running these massive companies or, uh, and all of a sudden, 
you know, um, someone falls ill or someone has uh, Alzheimer's dementia, and how do you take care of that? And, and you know, how, how do you provide to it to be the best care? Do you continue your job or do you hire someone else or do you quit and, and, and be a full-time care provider? Um, those are so many different um, uh, deliverables that really need to make sure that, you know, the pandemic has really focused on that um, and brought that to the forefront of those impacts that go from it. Because now we have something that could be so quickly, you'll be fine one day, the next day, you know, have an illness. And then within a week or two weeks, you know, world happens and go through a whole family. Um, so that mentoring, um, I believe not only from AI standpoint, but everything from the personal and professional is so powerful. So thank you. Um, so moving on to question number six, you have a history of mentoring youth in STEM, which played into my question. How have mentors impacted the way you mentor others, and how has your mentorship affected the students you have helped? Sure, but before I um, uh, tell you what I've been doing lately uh, in terms of mentoring, one slight correction: I'm uh, I'm the first woman of Indian origin to have become pre, to have been appointed IBM Fellow. We don't want the Indian men to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> Graduate electrical engineering uh, class. So when I packed my bags to come to the U.S. Uh, to do my graduate studies in computer science, I was thrilled. I was thrilled for uh, many reasons, but I was also thrilled that I was going to see a lot of women uh, in uh, in the graduate school uh, studying along with me. Uh, but when I came, much to my consternation, guess uh, uh, what I found is that the uh, 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 limited representation of women in STEM fields transcends uh, transcended national borders. <laughs> so um, that uh, strengthened my resolve to make time uh, to give back, uh, to foster interest in STEM, and uh, to um, uh, to uh, nurture. Uh, uh, nurture next set of uh, you know STEM leaders, STEM talent mm -hmm. across the globe. Uh, so for the past, I would say close to nearly 30 years, uh, I've been able to uh, participate in various activities uh, and uh, give back time uh, um, and uh, you know try to make a difference in my own way. So uh, I have done for many years uh, um, engineering uh, week activities when I was at IBM, and I do this family science program in the winter, every winter, where we teach middle schoolers uh, in our area uh, various uh, uh, STEM disciplines. And uh, of course, over the weekends, which is what you're alluding to, I have these uh, high schoolers uh, uh, who visit my home for uh, um, some uh, free uh, AI and machine learning uh, coaching. So uh, one thing that has stood out, uh, what I learned, took away from my mentors is um, uh, storytelling. Um, mm. It's one thing to mentor with abstract um, ideas or abstract uh, advice, but I felt uh, every time you know something uh, I learned has always been through a story somebody had mentioned because. 
storytelling has been very powerful throughout human history we know the importance of that yeah. so when somebody tells me a story it gives me the context and uh, uh, i remember everything around that and i can take away how to incorporate the suggestion recommendation they are making um into into my own life situation so i i do that quite a bit i see myself doing quite a bit with my own mentors also uh, with my mentees with mm-hmm. the people who my mentor uh, ra- uh, you know rather than uh, providing abstract advice or principles uh, which people can learn on their own <laughs> from books um i tend to uh, provide very practical uh, story rich um uh, story rich advice so they can see the context in which uh, uh some of the you know advice will work and when it won't um so for example leaning in leaning in works sometimes leaning back with patient also works sometimes so uh so one has to know uh, how to apply that in the right context so yeah um i think um, um i love sharing uh whatever i have learned uh my usual uh mantra is uh take everything that i have learned and go and make new mistakes <laughs> and learn from that <laughs> yeah no i i don't believe you make mistakes sorry chicha that's not that's not in the uh, uh playbook there um well so yeah. i'll end and end with some, a little story which i think uh, would be uh good to end on a positive note right uh, so I've mentored and uh, oh, people over uh, uh, you know the two decades I was at IBM and I continued to do that and uh, I was very pleasantly surprised recently I received a message from link from a woman on LinkedIn whom I had mentored uh, quite a while ago and uh, she is holding a leadership position in a corporate setting and she wrote to me uh, I understand many things better now I've learned a lot from you you're quite an extraordinary woman another one sent a message you are the reason i could finish my master <laughs> uh there is nothing more wonderful than receiving such heartfelt messages and celebrating yes. how the people whom you have encountered and uh, uh have been touched uh in 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 ways uh, small and big I, that's the time to take to say thank you i think that's one of the the things we've learned during the pandemic is to quantitative is say thank you and and for them to reach out and say thank you like you said it's a simple thing is that thank you for giving me your time to finish my masters to you know the, the clarity the impact so um it's you know the um uh, it's so powerful um and how it makes us feel and and i think that goes back to um the how it relates to the storytelling that you're talking about is the storytelling advice um it it's really making you how the person feels that like you said you could read the uh the um how you know how do you do ai and what that looks like and all the principles and formulas and and you know mathematical uh equations that go through everything um but to have an association of the the um how it, it it comes from the heart and how you can apply it to where you feel the generational um pull to say this is just oh my gosh this is what i can do um i think that's why so many people get into the philanthropy work is is that they they're driven by 
their exposure on what they're able to do through it. So that storytelling is so powerful. And that's one of the things that we bring here at NRB is, is that um, when we put together a magazine, when we put together the wear report, when we put together um, our ability to um, come out and connect the industries, you know, people always say, why? Um, why in the housing would um, technology be involved? Well, prop tech, why would the environment be that you would deal with the homeless when you're dealing with, you know, the family office and that whole spectrum? Because it's sustainability. You know, you could be at the pinnacle of your career and something happened um, and then you walk away. Why? You know, what is that involved? And so all those different economic and, and industry relatable things has to come from the storytelling of why you where you got there how your journey has been and how who you affected and how they affected you makes you different and unique um, and it's one of the things that attracted me to you besides your brilliance is you always have a smile you always are laughing you always have this clarity that you can bring to any situation to where you can just shine a light and go this analyze it and then bring the laughter to it and to me that is that is priceless so um thank you for all the people you mentored continue to mentor and it's so important that part of the principles you know we go back and uh we look at them again prepare for the future women with advanced skill sets today should be ready for tomorrow's challenges right uh, lead by example. Inclusion isn't enough. Press for parity and strive for excellence in everything. Um, you know, we didn't go into that one really in depth, but the idea is, is that having everyone um, listen to all, process it and analyze it and go from it um, and making sure that we're all part of the uh, equation. You know, you're, you're seeing so many on boards and things like that. And then press, pass the torch. Um, your whole career um, and your legacy is been that amplified to the highest level of passing that torch of really getting out there and and always taking that notion and and for that you know like the where report we're working on for 2020 um, you know you brought to the table um, you know it's not just the um, you know amplifying working and production of a, of a product but actually designing the production by women for women um, because of different things so let's talk about if uh, i know this is a new one on you um about how that is is uh how that applies to um uh defining the future you know you, uh, let's do a little uh segment on that for real quick as i was listening to you uh wrapping up uh, uh what, is, what stood out for me was, um, while the times may be uncertain, but there is so much, the future is um, ahead, rife with possibilities. Yes. Um, and, uh, the, you know, I think uh, soon enough, we all of us will be talking about life before COVID and life after COVID. And life after COVID is, uh, uh, is going to be transformational. Uh, and there's so much more. Uh, there's so much for all of us to do. Uh, to bring us to bring the best uh, in all of us um, to make the new normal become the sustained normal. So thank you, Desiree, for having me on your podcast. Thank you very much for, and I appreciate that. So how can we get a hold of uh, of you? So if anyone's interested in and in being part um, to follow to um, you know uh, learn more about Amos Grain, and what's the best way to to um, uh, reference it? 
Absolutely. So I would encourage uh, our audience to uh, take a look at a new piece of work we, we just did uh, um, on uh, COVID-19 and uh, the aging population. Uh, so, uh, so you can uh, go to www.amicusbrain.com slash COVID or just amicusbrain.com slash COVID. Um, you'll see an interesting perspective uh, uh, about how the the disproportionate impact of COVID on aging population and our um, analysis of uh, uh, the numbers and what they show, the insights, uh, uh, you'll get a fresh set of insights uh, from that. So you can reach me um, at uh, uh, my email address, dorai at com. Excellent. Thank you. And amicus is A-M-I-C-U-S-B-R-A-I-N.com. So amicusbrain.com just for everyone. And I am so honored. So thank you, um, Chitra, for spending uh, this morning with us regarding um, uh, defining for the future, you know, the rules of the game. And I want to just bring to you everyone that um, next week we're going to have uh, Vanessa Matinage for Never Stop Learning, which is uh, uh, something that really is so powerful out there, obviously, for you know the rules of the game, for Never Stop Learning. And to get a hold of us here at NRB.com, um, in addition to the podcast, they're on iTunes, Anchor, YouTube, um, and also on the website. So you can look at it and, and make sure to stay in tune for every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we will have a new speaker and a new guest uh, with us. So thank you again. I'm Desiree Patno, your host for Know the Rules of Game for Defining the Future. Everyone have a stay healthy, stay safe. And thank you again, uh, Chitra, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.